Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Tim right here along with Dr. Michael Gurian for another episode of The Wonder of Parenting, a brain science approach to parenting. And Michael, Jan and I were uh, reminiscing uh, a couple days ago about our experience growing up uh, when we were in grade school. And I uh, remember uh, in second grade vividly the phone company coming out and setting up two rotary telephones, <laughs> so there's dials on them, and teaching us the etiquette of how to use a telephone. And uh, my grandma had a party line, which meant that there were other people who had the same phone number she had. And, and so you could pick up her phone and maybe listen in to some other conversations. Yep. <laughs> uh, and how much you know technology has changed the way that we communicate. Uh, I'm guessing for you, probably communication, was that when they did the bonfires off the mountains and then the <laughs> telegraph? Uh, and then you moved to phones? Um, Michael's That's actually right. a kid compared to me though. So he's, he's younger than I am, but we have in the course of our 60 some years seen an amazing evolution in the way that we communicate with each other via technology. And our question for today, uh, has to do with how kids communicate today. Uh, is it safe? Uh, is it wise? And so we're going to tackle some of that uh, in our wonder parenting podcast. Uh, before we do, as always, we want to give a shout out. Uh, to the Man Cave. They are one of our sponsors. Uh, men all need to be caring, actively engaged, vested, and encouraged. And their vision is to take a leadership role and encourage positive relationships of fathers and male role models with their children. Uh, they promote the, in, the importance of nurturing fathers and mothers, parenting in healthy marriages, and in doing so, improve the lives of children and families. And so that's with uh, Dr. Marion Hill, Man Cave. You can learn more about them on wonderparenting.com. As you can also learn more about our other sponsor, Dr. Greg Jantz and the Center of Place of Hope, one of the top 10 facilities for treating depression in the country. And they provide health care for restoring balance to body, mind, and spirit. And we always recommend if you're mm -hmm. ever in that kind of a situation, they are the first place to go to. You can reach them at wonderparenting.com. So, Michael, I grabbed this uh, question off of Facebook, which obviously is a new communication style. Uh, for us, anyway, maybe not so new uh, these days, but um, it had to do with messenger apps and for kids. And so here's the question. Uh, my children have never used a phone for games for communication. Now, all of my children's friends use messenger kids to communicate. My youngest, who's nine, is using an old phone. And I just realized that the app is sucking her in with games and she's spending a couple hours a day on it. I'm so frustrated and wonder, is everyone just defaulting to Facebook for their communication? Does nobody actually call anyone anymore? And is there another way my kids can connect with their friends outside of school? Uh, such a good question. 
this was not an issue for us when we were kids, Michael. We had one phone in our houses, right? They didn't go with yeah. us. Right. Uh, and so we communicated by going outside and playing with our friends and talking to them or seeing them at school. Um, so let's talk about this. So we, we've talked so much in the past about phones and about technology. This is a little different take on it, and it has to do with communicating. Yeah, exactly. Um, yes, uh, the she's nine years old. I mean, let's cut to the quick and then let's let's go out yeah. to the whole topic because it, it's a huge topic. This mom is really right to, to worry about this. This is a nine-year-old. She should not have a phone with apps on it. Should not have a phone with apps on it for this very reason. Mm. Uh, because now she's doing, you know, she's going through the apps and playing and she's gaming for for two hours which she should not do for her brain development right. not a good idea so um so for anyone listening who's has this situation the issue is really the apps right the issue is is the co- connection to the internet and and the apps so the child could get an index phone so which is a kind of a phone and there are others like it where all the child does is call and can call another friend via phone like you and I could call our friends, you know, right. uh, et cetera, or like my daughters could call their friends. So they can call and it's, uh, I'm calling it an index phone because it's a general term for that kind of a phone. Um, they can also send a couple little texts in that phone, like mom, I'm home or, you know, but it's not, it's not a massive amount of texting. That would be the thing to get for a nine-year-old and, um, and get her off off of anything that has these apps. So then to the larger question of the communicating, um, we need our nine-year-olds, we need our kids to be communicating without devices because that is really important for their brain development. That's really important for their social emotional development. It's important for their character development. It's important for their cognitive development. Uh, it's in relationship that our brains grow, right? I mean, even when we learn, a lot of what we are learning is by being in relationship with the teacher, with the other kids in a school. We're in relationship. And so all the pheromones and all the hormones and all the stuff that happens in our circulatory system, in our paralimbic system, right, uh, in our frontal lobe, et cetera, all of that is happening because we're in relationship, and um and and we're communicating back and forth and people know i believe people know in their guts right now what is wrong with turning communication over to remote or to devices because of what we lived through with covid and because of all the mental health issues depression anxiety cognitive delay etc all these issues that our kids are having because they were not in relationship right they were not connected they were not communicating in person in those environments and trading all those pheromones and trading all those hormones and doing all of that biochemistry that was building the brain. They were not doing it. Well, the same thing applies here. If this child or any child is doing most of the communication through these devices, then true relationship is not happening and the brain development is not going to happen that we want and the child's going to have some issues like anxiety, depression, you know, et cetera, um, cognitive delays, all the, these sorts of issues. Um, uh, and that's how we have to see this. And I think that COVID is uh, uh, COVID response, you know, the online schooling, et cetera, remote schooling, that that is a metaphor we can use or a window we can look through 
to maybe realize how bad this is for a nine-year-old. Mm. So this is not blaming parents or anything. To her second point, which was, is this the way the world is going? Um, to that point, it is not going to be the way the world is going if parents take control of this. Mm. And so, um, uh, because if the world goes this way, we're going to continue to have debilitated generations. Um, uh, you know, our kids' mental health is going to just implode. So, and they're not going to be as smart, et cetera, et cetera. So we need to take control. And that means that we we give her the right device. So we get her off these apps and she picks up that phone and she calls her friend or she goes over to her friend's house uh, or her friend comes over to her house um, or they get some playtime after school to be together uh, through, through the you know, the school's play structure or through another parent, you know, and these parents get together and talk to each other and say, okay, this is a problem, right? I know we all know that our our nine-year-olds should not be trying to communicate this way. So we're going to take control of this and, mm -hmm. and we're now not going to allow it. And so we're going to form a group of these five parents. We're going to start there who are going to um, change this and, and, and it'll spread from there. But at least these parents are working with some other parents of kids that the daughter likes who are changing it and getting their kids back to good communication. And no, it doesn't have to go back to like you and I, you know, with the telephone. Yeah, I mean, we remember that. No, we don't have to go back to that. But um, but it's not really about going back to anything. It's really about, about ha having the relationality uh, and the social emotional construction of environments that kids need to grow well. That's what it's mm -hmm. really about. Uh, it's so important to hear this, and this is why we do so many podcasts on it, because in some ways it feels like we're swimming upstream on this one. Um, I haven't heard it said outright, but I, I get the sense from time to time, just looking at media and reading people, that there is somewhat of a generational divide here where younger generations who metaphorically speaking, are basically coming out of the wombs with cell phones and iPhones, you know, so, th so they are natives. They're, they're born right away with this stuff. So you sometimes get the impression that they look at some of us older folks who, who this was not our primary way of communicating. And they say, look, this is the way it is now. We, we've learned how to do this. This is how we communicate. Our brains have adapted. But what you're saying is the evidence of the last couple of years has shown us that's not the case, that that these tools, as great as they are, can cause some lasting damage if we're not if we don't use them correctly. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think, OK, let's put it let's uh, put it in a research context. Let's say that, yes. that what you're saying is this generation is saying, hey, you know, we've done the research, right, because we've lived it out. And, and the brains have adapted and we've, you know, we've moved on. And mm -hmm. so this is the way it's going to be. I would pit that research, which will be more, I think, opinion, you know, mm -hmm. coming from certain people. I would pit that research against the research on brain development. And mm -hmm. I myself would go with the research on brain development. And, and so respond to those folks by saying, um, I've got this whole other... <laughs> A, a set of research statistics and studies that are showing the negative mental health effects, the increase in depression and anxiety, the um, even negative effects on dating patterns, on uh, effects on 
procreation, on reproduction, you know, on future family life, um, because this is not the way to communicate and have a happy life in the future. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not. And um, I will, I'll show you all this research, right? Which is all what we're talking about here, that this has negative impacts on brain development. And no, the brain doesn't adapt. That's not how brain development works. I mean, that's just kind of like a cliche that I hear people put out there. The human brain does not adapt in one generation, right? right. To, to suddenly, you know, suddenly all the great things about communication that, on which human civilization is built and human health is built, that suddenly all of that doesn't have to occur anymore because in a, one generation, the brain adapted to this. It doesn't work that way. Um, and it's not going to work that way. And and um, it's, it's like what we hear about sex and gender. So I'll step away, but come back. We hear this from some of these people, you know, who argue that there's no male, female anymore and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. They say, well, you know, that was true for you old people, but um, there's no, there's no male, female. Now the human brain is completely fluid and plastic. And that's happened over the last generation. Well, that's just BS, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. there's, that's just not even research. There's like no way to even justify that from a research standpoint, from a science standpoint, from a neuroscience standpoint. What there is, is there are brains that are experimenting with gender fluidity and they're, they're trying, they're pushing the limits for, usually for a certain period of time during adolescence or young adulthood. And, and then there's these other brains that are actually trans who actually are trans. That's, that's that. And this is a very small portion of human mm -hmm. brains. And I would say the same is going to be true for this, um, for this mm -hmm. point, which is that, yes, there have got to be some brains out there. There are some brains out there who were raised completely on smartphones from the age of two, and they're now 25, and they turned out well. Yes. That's got to exist. Absolutely. Sure. But m not most. In mm -hmm. most cases, if you give a two-year-old your smartphone and that two-year-old starts playing with that smartphone for two or three hours a day, by the time that child is you know, older, that child is going to have ADD, ADHD, um, depression, anxiety, cognitive delay, et cetera, right? In other words, mm -hmm. that's, that's where the research is. And so this anecdotal stuff about, well, I know this guy who turned out fine or this gal who turned out fine, that's anecdotal. And it's it's valuable, uh, but it doesn't change the points we're making here. Right. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, so really the the uh, the challenge for parents, and that it it was 
true for us as we were growing up, but not at the rate of change that we're seeing today. Um, it's it's how do you navigate humanity through these really spectacular uh, evolutions in technology. You know, neither one of us is saying technology is evil. There's some wonderful things that we've experienced in our 65 years uh, from rotary phones now to iPhones. Amazing. Right. Um, when when I was in second grade and the phone company came in, they were showing us paintings, artist renderings of having a TV on your wall and you could talk to grandma through that TV screen. Well, that never happened. But now it did happen, right? But it happened differently. We could right. do that on yeah. FaceTime or uh, you and I, we're talking to each other and we're miles apart. We're looking at each other. So it's wonderful technology, but there's still a humanness that should trump all of our uh, all of our technologies. Yeah, and healthy and healthy child development. Take it yeah. even into, so humanness, absolutely. And then child humanness, you know, in other yeah. words, this whole thing is the Wonder of Parenting podcast, right? It's all about child development and we cover other themes. And I'm glad we do. And we're about, we want healthy child development. We want right. our listeners who are listening to have healthy kids and we want to help them have healthy kids. And so, so that's what this is about. And so it's not actually, it's not really technology or anti-technology. It's, it's, it, right. it's, you know what I mean? Right. And yep. that's what you're saying. It's not really an anti anything. It's not a, it's just about how do you have healthy kids? And mm -hmm. because the human brain has been so well studied, we can use that research. That is good basic research, and it's you know, and, and it's relatively incontrovertible, and and that's the research we use. So, can there be someone who says, like you said, you know, someone who anecdotally says, "Well, this brain turned out fine." Mm -hmm. um, I, yes, and anecdotal evidence is part of brain research, um, and so we will use that, uh, but it won't change the fact that for healthy child development. Um, we have to control devices in the same way in the same way that our parents had to set limits on how much TV we watched, right? Sure. And our parents had to say to us, uh, you can't drive the car until this age. And of course, the state, the government said that too. And mm -hmm. um, but on our farm, okay, I'll teach you how to drive this tractor, but you know, you can't be out driving this car, right? All these are these are rules that get set because they create healthy child development mm -hmm. and devices are a, have to be a part of that. We can't, we can't say to ourselves as parents, okay, we're going to have rules for all this other stuff, you know, like driving a car or having your first date or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to have rules for that, but we're not going to have any rules for devices. Uh, right. I mean, I just, I have to say, I don't get that. But I know yeah. that some people will say that they'll say, well, devices are innocuous, so you don't have to have rules for them. And and they're just wrong. That's just does not fit the research and does not fit brain development. So you've got this mom who's uh, her her daughter has friends and they're all communicating on this messenger app. And you talked a little bit before about getting some parents together and, and uh, saying, hey, we're going to we're going to do it differently. But let's say you're the odd man out, the odd girl out, right? You're the the one kid who doesn't have the iPhone. You're the one kid or the family that really has put a limit on. How do you help your child sort of navigate the peer pressure around them when it comes to, well, why don't you have a phone or, you know, why don't you, why aren't you on messenger app? Uh, how do we help our kids build some resiliency when they might be the lone holdout 
when it comes to that kind of technological use. Yeah. Well, if the if the, this parent can't get together with those other girls' parents, right, and and yep. and work this out, then yeah, it's probable that this girl is not going to be relating to them. Uh, mm-hmm. And we as parents then need to help the, our our daughter, our son, move to another community. Uh, I don't mean physically move, but find find right. a community. So so um, and then and then she's gonna have. We're just gonna have to train her, and we're gonna have to tell the other parents, train her to say to them, I, I, you know, my parents don't allow me to do that. Mm-hmm. And just and that's true of every generation. I mean, every child has had to say to a friend, my parents don't allow me to do that. Right. And so that's not that's not going to be anything new, and that's just going to be what this kid has to learn. Just like I wasn't allowed to do certain things, and I had to tell my kids, my parents, I'm sorry, uh, my friends, my parents didn't allow mm-hmm. me to do that. And my kids, my daughters had to tell their friends, I'm sorry, my parents don't allow me to do that. So so that's just what this kid will have to do, and mm-hmm. then the kids will will make fun of her or whatever, but that's part of life, right? Yeah. And we Every generation has lived with that, with parents saying they yeah. couldn't do something. But then the parents, what we can do as parents is is – Get, you know, get grandma and grandpa back in this, get uncles and aunts, get extended family back in. Um, and that can be, you know, and even if they're in another state, there can be some ritualized FaceTime. Um, and and then also find the community of other parents, like maybe their homeschool parents. Like, for instance, I've noticed sort of a trend that a lot of homeschool parents are being um, are less device oriented in many ways mm. than than some other school parents are. Okay. So if that's the case in your community, then, then let's, let's connect you up, you know, let's, you get connected with these homeschool parents or wherever the group is, maybe in the church, there are other kids, uh, maybe in the synagogue, wherever it is, that is one thing we parents can do. We can help our kid find Mm -hmm. the other friends who are living this healthier life. And, and, and by the way, every generation has to do that. Yeah. There's no generation that hasn't said, I want my child to live a healthy life. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to interact with these other parents. That That's not new to this generation. Right. Right. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Yeah, I remember it in my own life when my parents said, no, there's certain things you're just not going to do. In this case, you know what this nine-year-old girl can do is say to her friends, my parents listen to this stupid podcast with some guy named Gurian (laughs) who says we can't do it. So uh, I'm really sorry. Uh, it's just the way it is. Blame it on uh, Gurian. <laughs> yeah, blame it on Gurian. Um, so, so you know, ki- kids are wrestling with this. Parents are wrestling with this. Uh, you know, I know even as a grandparent how how tempting it is when everybody's stressed out and we're bored, we have nothing to do. Can I just play the iPad? It is just so easy to surrender and give up these days because it's right there. Um, how do we as parents and grandparents, how, how do we discipline ourselves not to give in so easily to the lure of the screen and the screen being a babysitter? Well, get the kids into other things. You know, just what what we thought, what we'll find is that so at the individual parent level, what the what parents find when they take control of this is that there's the uh, the month of anguish, you know, and mm-hmm. anger and all that. But then 
then that two hours, the kids start filling up with something else and they fill it up with music or they fill it up with athletics or they fill it up with um, uh, uh, more schooling or they fill it up with, you know, whatever horseback riding, whatever, you know, they fill it up with activities and through those activities, they find other friends. And so they're, they're relating, you know, through the activities with other friends. So they're not friendless and it's filled times filled up with these activities. So the, the child is going to self-motivate on some of this and, um, and some of this will get taken care of by the child getting invested in these other activities and feeling the performance rush of doing well in that activity and all that, all this, the reward, all that happens when they're involved and, and forming the friendships there. And then, and then if the parents succumb or the grandparents succumb and, you know, the, okay, as you say, give yourself grace. I mean, you're not, you know, you, you've set up a really good life for your child and, yep. you know, we can't be like totally crazy about this and and okay the child is watching a movie for a couple hours okay that's not you know don't worry about it mm -hmm. um but but you've changed the life of the child right toward this um better life mm -hmm. and that better life is going to prevail and even though you've succumbed for an hour or two here or there now that succumbing doesn't really matter right because now that's not five, six hours a day of this kid, right. kid's life. Now it's uh, every other day, you know, an hour or whatever, or on the weekends, two hours. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's, that's fine. That's, that's not going to hurt this nine-year-old. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, we kind of get trapped. Sometimes we end up serving the technology rather than the technology serving us, which is where we want to be in a healthy place. Um, we're, we're in the month of January as we're recording this. And um, New Year's always seems to provide people with opportunities to try to change some things, live a healthier lifestyle, maybe eat differently. I know that there's this thing called dry January where people who maybe feel like their relationship with alcohol isn't as healthy as it could be. Um, is there wisdom into uh, to tech Sabbaths, uh, you know, to just say, hey, as a family, we're going to take every day, we're going to take an hour off or every weekend we're going to take three hours off and we're all going to do this together and we're going to find other ways to do that do those kinds of sabbath breaks uh help us sort of decouple our lives from being so intertwined with technology yeah absolutely absolutely the the wisdom of the sabbath the word sabbath that's all really good for the brain <laughs> you know yeah. that's i always come back to that i i mean what's good for the brain that's good for the brain and we adults can model that so mm -hmm. we can we can, as you're hinting, take the tech Sabbath Sunday or Saturday or whatever it is for six hours or eight hours or a whole day and and not do tech. And that may mean driving out to the mountain and going skiing or, mm -hmm. you know, it, what it'll mean probably is doing something else together as a family because yeah. uh, we're not going to probably sit around all day you know, then we'll end up on the tech. So uh, so the Sabbath will be not only a Sabbath from tech. But it will be a Sabbath in which we relate and communicate and interact mm -hmm. and we're active with our family. And so that's like a double gain yeah. from that tech Sabbath. So I, I'm a big believer in those. Yeah. So I, I want to come back to kind of where we started. And, and that's with the discussion about uh, brain health. And um, it, it, I think it's easy for us as adults because this new technology has become a primary way we communicate with other adults. You and I are sending emails all the time to each other, 
right? We communicate that way or texts. Um, we don't have the opportunity to go face to face all the time because we live so far apart. But the the impact of that technology on my brain development is much different than it is on the brain development of an eight, nine, ten year old. And sometimes we think because it's safe for me, it's probably okay for my kids. So let's just remind ourselves one more time that these are developing brains and technology, if it's overused, can have a detrimental impact on that developing brain. Right. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because we can unconsciously think or subconsciously think exactly what you're thinking. I'm I'm living a good life through tech, but mm-hmm. I'm an adult and, and uh, that is the distinction. So... Um, Child development and adult development, not necessarily the same thing. Child brain development and adult brain development, very different. Uh, we got to think of ourselves as adults. Our brains are formed. We got to think of our kids as under construction. And mm. and we would not let into our home a dangerous uh, <clears throat> uh, criminal, right? We would not let that person into our home to live in our home while we raised our kids. Uh, and why not? Because our kids are developing, right? And our kids are vulnerable and we want to protect them. And if for if for no other reason people listen to this, let it be that reason that you as parents know that it is your sacred duty to protect your child's development. And mm. that means to protect their brain development. And so so you're not going to overuse tech with them or, or not let them overuse tech in the same way that you won't let a dangerous person in the house. Yeah. And, and that metaphor has been used for the internet. And I think it should be used for all, you know, I mean, th- I didn't make that up. A lot of people have said, yep. well, you, you wouldn't let a dangerous criminal in your house, but you let your kids get onto such and such a site and mm-hmm. it's dangerous. And that's true. I mean, that's absolutely a good metaphor. It's true. It's literally true. Um, but I would use it for overall for the overuse of tech. Um, because the screen time and this method of communicating is so artificial and um, it's just so diminished. Mm. And so therefore it retards brain development in areas that we don't want for our kids. And that's why we separate adulthood from childhood. Yeah. Well, I'm guessing we're going to be talking about this more in the future because it it is an active topic that comes up again and again on Wonder Parenting Facebook page, uh, and we get questions about it all the time as well. And uh, we're we're all just trying to navigate this stuff and figure it out. So it's been very very helpful uh, to remember our kids are under construction, and uh, when you're building, you want to use the best safest materials uh, to build the the most successful healthiest child that you can. And there are some tools that are good for that, and some tools that can be helpful. Uh, And then those same tools, if you use them too much, can maybe be detrimental. And that's what we're trying to say here. So Mm -hmm. thank you, Michael, for your wisdom as always. Well, my pleasure. And let me just say something. Parents may feel like I'm blaming them or I'm, I'm, uh, uh, you know, tacitly blaming them because they let their kids play with these devices or communicate this way. And I'm really not. I think Mm -hmm. we're all caught up. I think we're all caught up in a very dangerous social experiment. And I, I want to be the one who uses brain research and especially child development and brain research to warn parents that there are parts of this experiment that are dangerous to their children. Mm. But I, I'm not a blamer of anyone. 
you know, right. I, I'm really not. So if someone's hearing this and your child is, you know, six hours a day and nine years old and six hours a day on screens. Um, yeah, I'm not blaming you. I, I just think our system is right now for child development awry and yeah. I'm more a warning sign. So I just Good. wanted to insert yep. that. But yep. Well thank, said. Well thank said. You for me. Yep. Well, thank you, Michael. And thank you everyone for listening. We'll be back with you next time. The Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. Have a great week.